For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to bleed and resist, was on the 9th of June, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus for Bamberg's and she was heavy laden. Away we went to Lang Collinwood Street, that's on the road to bleeding. Oh, land, you should have seen us getting. I should have gone to Lang the road just to pay my cannon. There were lots of lads and lassies there, I was finding faces. Getting along the Scotswood Road to see the bladed races. We flew past Armstrong's factory and up to the Robin Adair. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 127. It's your boy, Greg Troxell. You can follow me at UFC underscore Greg. We have some more takeover updates for you. This is now going into week like three or four. Uh, I think four, technically, of like legit, the it's going down takeover. Um, so we are in sicko mode. So let's see... Let's talk about more of it, and I can't do this alone. No way. Not this close. So I must bring you the best damn co-host in the land. The one, the only, the Newcastle Brewsome of beer. Elijah. Wow. Yeah, uh, uh, when you said it's going down, I immediately, my first thoughts were Young Jock, that song, it's going down. <laughs> so, and then I you followed up with Sicko Mode. with Atlanta. Gotta go Atlanta yeah. there. Of course, cheers yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this should be an exciting podcast because I will, I will mention... This is not only a podcast where we talk about takeover stuff, but I do think it's one of the first podcasts in a while where you actually have other news outside of the takeover stuff. Like, I would say most of this is takeover related, but there is other things that occurred. Some um, things that happened, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, barely. But yeah, um, if you want to follow your boy at Elijah underscore Newsom is where you can follow me. Greg, where can they follow you? I did that part, but... No, podcast... I mean, it's a, it's a running gag at this point. <laughs> I know, and I always say I already did that. Um, <laughs> uh, follow the podcast at chn underscore radio. We really need it. We need more followers there, guys. Help us out. Honestly, especially with the amount. Hey, shout out to all the new listeners. We peeping. We're peeping that there's some new listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, we really love welcome, that. Welcome to the party. Yeah, welcome to it. It only goes good from here. I was like, up, uphill, up from downhill. here. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, down? it, dep- it depends on uh, what the, what, what, I mean, I guess if, if there's, oh, if this takeover happens, it can only go up from here. Yeah. The, the beginning of this podcast was brutal. Yeah. Um, I think, I think our first like 10 or 11 episodes, we hadn't won a game. We it was the beginning of the year. We, we, we did talk about on air, like maybe we should just stop <laughs> recording because yeah we might have ruined uh newcastle and then we won it, and it was our infamous ten. 10 games winless with rafa when we started this podcast mm. yeah so <laughs> oh ended up being a decent year yeah like you said so some housekeeping uh oh, wait, we, can i start off with some random news that i totally forgot to yeah. put in there that will set the tone for the rest of this okay um potential there's some, so I guess the first and foremost, takeover aside, everything else aside, we do need to talk about something that's really important is the actual Premier League. So there's been some talks about a potential return in June, um, what that looks like, you know, playing multiple matches over the course of a few weeks. 
um, without fans has been kind of the, the tone set out there. There's been a lot of backlash against it from players, backlash against it from fans, but also a lot of support because, again, you want to finish the Premier League. Um, but in other relevant news, uh, we've, had, we've just had our second league pretty much get canceled for the season, um, for the year, I guess, uh, with last week, Eric DeVise called it quits. They're done. They named their champion. Um, and then this week, we had League uh, as of today, which is the 28th of April. Um, the like the prime minister of France basically was like, your guys aren't playing soccer. And League uh, has to figure out what they're going to do. I think what they're doing is they're taking the winners, the, the table at the halfway point or something like that. But just things to be aware of is that as this outbreak continues, like the future of soccer in the Premier League and as well as all over is just kind of up in the air. And we'll see what happens from there. Bundesliga looks like they're trying to return. So we'll see. It could happen. It won't happen. We could be having a new manager based on the fact that, like, once the season's over, if it's declared over, Steve Bruce is just going to get fired. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, if the Premier League ended at the halfway point, same as League 1, Newcastle will have another top 10 finish. Yeah, finish that's the big thing. Yeah. How do you fire Steve Bruce when he's led Newcastle to the top 10 finish? Shout out to, uh, to, uh, to Alan Pardew, who yeah. came in and told his – told like he accepted a job i want to say it was it was air devisi right with yeah uh dan, dan hogg and he was like hey i'm i will promise not to get us relegated and because of the way the air devisi finished they had no one get relegated even though Dan hogg was like second from last uh so pardu again comes in clutch he, yeah. he followed through with his promise and he got rewarded for it by mutually parting ways with the club today so Shout out to Alan Pardew. He would have two months left of his eight-year contract he signed with Newcastle United. Yeah. Um, so before we really get into it, just a couple little bits of housekeeping. You currently are listening to episode 127, but what you also may have realized is there's another sweet little juicy episode in your uh, CH Coming Home NUFC episode thing, or whatever it's called, and that's with Elijah and Graham. And Elijah teased that one for the, for the listeners. Um, yeah, so basically I, I kind of set this up as um, I think Greg and I, as long as as well as um, if you heard our crossover episode this past Friday with the False Nines, um, Zach and Eric, I think we've gotten a very good perspective on what this takeover looks like. And we've reacted to it as fans who are very far away from Newcastle. I mean, we are literally across an ocean. And um, so I sat down with Greg. And we kind of talked about what's the reaction like over in Newcastle. What's it like as a person who's grown up um, in Newcastle, been a lifelong fan of the club. I mean, he's written a whole book about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's really good. We talk about, you know, hope, um, some of the negatives that have come with this takeover. It's, it was a really good discussion. And if you know Graham, you know he's got some opinions and he loves to talk. So it's a good listen. Yeah. Um, so that will come out. That's separate from this episode. It will come out tomorrow or, sorry, Wednesday as well. Um, and then also things are moving along. We're, we're in that end of the premier league check stage. So I definitely want to mention and get out there that obviously, and I hope any of our listeners that have been with us for a while know this, but once it's announced, you will be getting an emergency pod. And because of, I mean, we're going to still do our weekly episodes and that's still going to happen, but as new developments happen, uh, we'll have to work something out, but we may just like 
pump out a couple emergency pods because I'm sure a lot of things will change after that. Um, that could be something of significance. So we'll see how it plays. But obviously, once it's announced, and there's rumors it could be from the Premier League that announced it first. It could be Stavely that announces it first. It could be PIF. It could be Mike Ashley. There's so many different options. But once it is officially announced, we will hit you with an emergency podcast. Um, and it's going to be good, obviously. So Yeah, and uh, there will be plenty of cans. I might have to restock on my cans, mm. but there will be cans. There's so many cans. We'll okay. definitely have the cans episode, cans and bottles. Yeah, cans and bottles for sure. That's what yeah. the episode will be called. Mm. Um, all right, let's dive in. We have some not – we'll do the takeover stuff after, but let's start with some some staff members that have been unfurloughed, um, and that includes our youth st- some of the youth staff, some scouts. Yeah. Um, do you have the names of the people? Elijah? Yes. Um, yeah, oh you, gosh. you take it then. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got a couple of people from the Senior Academy that have returned. Joyce, oh gosh, I've read the last names. Joe Joyce, who's the Academy Manager, and Ben Dawson uh, both have returned, um, as well as uh, Scout, well, Steve Nixon has, has been recalled back as well. Um, and there's been some other people um, who weren't placed on furlough, uh, the fitness coach and the physio and the head of academy uh, education. They've all been working, you know, throughout this whole thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got two more names back into the mix that kind of has pulled up Mike Ashley's tally to three people that have not been furloughed. Um, so there you go. So we got Ben Dawson, Joe Joyce, and Steve Nixon back in the fold. And Steve Nixon, obviously, um, chief scout all that good stuff. Um, yeah, Greg, not anything to write home about, but people are coming, jumping to the conclusion that the people coming off furloughs, the reason they're coming off furloughs is that Mike Ashley knows he doesn't have to pay them that much longer. I mean, essentially he's responsible for like this month's wages. It, it's not a lot. Oh yeah. Um, and what was, and then the, the, if you're not really caught up on everything, the, like everyone's supposed to be unfurloughed if there is an announcement of a takeover. Um, it's one so. of the first things they'll do. It's that and, um, you know, a donation to NHS and Newcastle, yeah. something like that. And then like probably like a mission statement or something like, a, an, yeah, like just, Hey, this is us. This is what we want to do. Yeah. I mean, and if they're, if they play their cards, right. Announce your sporting director then as well, or at least whoever's going to be running the day to day of the club, et cetera, et cetera give some fans some insider structure, but that's, that's all talking in the future. Uh, what else do we have to talk about before we get into the meaty, meaty stuff? Yeah, there, there's rumors of another takeover bid. Uh, it's obviously in the backseat because I mean, Ashley's already accepted 17 million pounds. Mm. So he's probably not going to go ahead with one in, unless it fails. But this takeover bid comes from Henry Morris. Henry Morris is the CEO of clear TV. And if you've flown anywhere in America on a plane that has TV, that is his business. Um, so he's made a lot of money by that. He's um, The business is worth well over $7 billion at this point. Uh, they've acquired and um, built and grown. Uh, but he doesn't have much of a digital footprint. Pretty hard to find. I know he's in the L.A. area. And apparently what's been reported by multiple people like I've seen it on The Guardian, FOTMOB even wrote an article about it. So just saying that he is enamored by how American media 
conglomerates and sports conglomerates took over Liverpool and have grown to see success there by using their American model. So he kind of has ambition to do that. And he identified Newcastle as the club that could make it happen for him. Um, yeah. There's really nothing else that's known. I don't know. I mean, we don't really know his net worth. We don't know if there's any other investors. Um, if he has 100% stake in his company, which I don't think he does, then he would be worth at least $7 billion. But, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of unknown there. And I don't – I mean, it would be weird to turn down the money. But yeah, it would just probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're this far along in the process, um, and you can – you don't want to turn – you don't want to get rid of an opportunity. Like, there's obviously – Oh yes, maybe 350 million pounds is is you know worth it, but you don't really know what that looks like if he even has that money, which has been something Mike Ashley's been fearful of in the past, um, just due to the fact of how the Ben Zayed takeover, um, but will propose takeover uh, played out as well as Peter Kenyon with neither one of them really having the funds to to back up their their uh, their offer. Um, you just play it safe. You know the PIF has the funds. You're very far along in the process. People are even speculating that we can get an announcement this week, which is part of the reason Greg mentioned, uh, you know, a potential emergency takeover episode. Well, wait, emergency episode for the takeover. So, yeah, I, I don't know if this really impacts anything. Where this gets interesting is if there's some sort of hiccup um, with this deal. And we'll kind of get to that news in a little bit. But honestly, all of the, the hiccups besides the human rights things, <laughs> which I don't want to make it seem like human rights aren't a big issue, but a to the Premier League, it's not a big issue. All of the other things that could have prohibited the steal from from getting gun have kind of been addressed. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see this not happening. So, I mean, it's good that someone else is interested, but I don't really know if it's making a huge difference. Yeah, I saw somebody when it was posted that he was interested. Somebody immediately found, like, oh, I don't know about this. He's He has a couple court cases against him. I was like, so this is this is what we're gonna do right now. This is where we draw the line. <laughs> you got a couple court so, cases. Like this is this is how we're gonna take this rumor. <laughs> like I don't. He's fine, but the PIF. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I found that. Guy. I didn't say. I didn't comment. I was like, I'm not even gonna get it because I don't want people to assume that I'm anti Saudi takeover because I'm not. Um, at some point, I you just to, have to. I wanted to go at that guy. He'd be like, really. Like this dude got into mentions. Yeah, like it's just like at some point it's like you gotta just chill out and just let things go. Like, and I mean, obviously, you know, I I'm very much a victim to getting trolled uh, because I love to argue. And like today was one of the first days I'm just like growth. Like I posted an article this morning. I found on just like the investment strategy of the PIF in general and basically how like they pretty much blindly invest in a lot of things. And it was like a fair criticism. And someone came at me and they're like. I mean, yeah, this is just written from someone who, like, is just jealous. And I was like, dude, like, this is, like, a legitimate criticism that, like, it's just you can make – you can pay attention to it. It doesn't affect anyone. And he's like, yeah, yeah but like, – I was like, I don't want to get into this. Like, dude, whatever. Like, if you want to overreact to an article about, like, their financial investment strategy, then, like, go ahead, dude. Who cares? It's not going to make a difference. They have a shit ton of money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get into the takeover stuff, takeover funsies. Um, so we're going to do that right now. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants, and hotels, home and away. 
Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Bander Bin Margarin. What does that name mean to you, Elijah? Honestly, when I heard this guy's name was Bander, I didn't think that he was, I thought he was like an export or, no, not an import. Like he wasn't from Saudi Arabia. I mean, we can definitely be really punny with that name. Yeah. Ban- oh, Bander. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, that's oh, one star for that joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it turns out this guy that was a little bit of Bander. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was named NU, NCUK's um, chairman. And that is the financial company that is essentially backing this whole thing financially. Um, he was named it today, but it was retroactive to April 9th, which has been reported as when the takeover was in the Premier League's hands. And uh, the Premier League has rules that say all chairmen must be named in company's house before they receive the paperwork. So it was named retroactive. So they must have told them that it's a done deal. And uh, But it was updated today, the paperwork. So he is, well, who who is he, Elijah? Well, he basically currently is like the COO of the PIF. So he, he kind is. of manages the operations behind the PIF. So it makes sense that he's probably the the chief on any of the the investment groups. I'm sure if you see, if we were to have access to their documents pertaining to like their investment with uh, Carnival Cruises, I think that's the cruise that they invested in. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it he is. would probably, his names would be on that as well. So yeah. uh, it's a good sign in terms of, you know, Saudi involvement and how far along the deal is, like Greg said, he'd be someone, and like many people kind of assume, he's someone that has to be one looked into when they do these checks and has to be named um, when these checks are done or, or in the process of being done. Uh, so it, it's good that we he's there. It just shows a little bit of progress and all that good stuff. So we'll see. I'm very curious to see, um, however, how involved a lot of these Saudi names are with the club which is one thing that like, like when I was talking about that article, it's one thing they were talking about, like you have all these individuals in the PIF who like run the PIF and stuff, but like the investments that they're making and the companies that they're buying, it's way more money than like they will even ever put into, we're talking about like billion dollar acquisitions and like 600, $700 million acquisitions as opposed to like this 300 million pound acquisition with Newcastle. So it'll be interesting to see how involved these guys actually are, if they're just more hands off and just, you know, working with Stavely over a general direction. And then you just put it in the hands of whoever's running the day to day of the club. So. Yeah. Not, not only did they oversee a $300 million purchase of carnival cruise lines, they also just recently, I think yesterday oversaw a $500 million purchase of live nation. Oh, um, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So that's they've crazy. They have thrown 800, 800 mil down so far um, of their, which isn't even 1% of their net worth. Um, so that's it's, crazy, dude. I'm sorry. That just rocked my world because like Live Nation, I worked in live events. So like, yeah. that's just like, they, they're kings in that world. Yep. And Bander was the signee of the deal. Oh, wow. Shout out Coachella. So, and, and so another thing with Bander is he's also the um, head of the board for the golf, golf bank, I think it is, uh, which is in a golf. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Middle East 
geography, so I don't want to just absolutely. But you're saying they don't use Bank of America in the (laughs) Middle East. So he's he's basically known as obviously he's the COO. So there's a lot of executive decision making there. But he's the guy that's signing off on everything. I mean, that's what he's doing. And they brought him on board because of his um, connections in the banking world and dealing with big money acquisitions and loans and all that stuff. So that's what he's there to do. So seeing his name linked with NCUK uh, is pretty assertive in the fact that this is about to get done. So when slash if this gets done. Oh, and by the way, actually when slash if on the to what's that? What's the athletic podcast called again? Uh, Hot on the time. Hot on the time. Yeah. On that podcast, which was released on Tuesday, George Calkins said it is his his theory that like it was done on Monday. It'll take a couple of days to to get things over the line and money transferred. This isn't like a fifty dollar Venmo transfer. <laughs> um, Are you sure? I mean, and still, still is under the belief from the people from his sources that this will be done by the end of the week. So that's the if and when. Um, so if this does happen, what's going to change with the club? And the first link was to a new sporting director that we just recently oh. saw, Pablo yes, Longoria. Elijah, tell us a little about Pablo. Oh, Pablo, first thing that kind of stood out to me about Pablo is his age. So this guy's 33 years old, which means he's a little bit older than Greg, which means Two years he's older. a spry young lad, especially when you talk about um, such a very important position in terms of being a sporting director. We've been linked to a couple other sporting directors, um, a lot of former guys, a lot of older guys. So this is what kind of stuck out to me with his age. But when you look at the the guy and who he's worked with and where he's worked, um, you're talking about a very impressive resume he's built. Chief scout of Valencia, obviously a very good club. And, of course, the chief scout over at Juventus as well, worked with Allegri um, directly. So – it, it it would be a very nice coup and a good step up in his in his eyes as you know going from chief scout to sporting director it would probably be a very interesting like I, i'd be interested to see like what his overall transfer policy and transfer strategy has been he's been with clubs like valencia who have kind of bought mid-range type of players younger south american spanish players and have then flipped them um for a lot of profit. And then he's been with Juventus who have spent a lot of money on a lot of players. So he's got best of both worlds. It'd be interesting to see what his potential strategy would be with Newcastle, but that's one of the latest links for sporting director. Any thoughts on this, Greg? I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> that's, that's really it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my it, he's, he Bring sounds in. great. We haven't <laughs> had a sporting director, so yeah. Get, to get you, one you from Valencia and Juve. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's round yeah. it up. Um, um, yeah. And his counterpart is rumored to be Jorge Jesus. Now let's talk about Jorge. I have a trivia question first. Okay. Jorge Jesus did play, did manage against Newcastle United. Do you know with who and when? <sighs> okay, I'm going to go. Did manage against. Newcastle. Benfica, Benfica when Newcastle made the Europa League. That is correct. Yeah, that that like I'm thinking about him like because I know that he'd managed at Benfica and Porto and Porto from like 2015 to 2018 and Benfica before then. So I was like, I would imagine that's probably because I think before that he was pretty much in smaller Portuguese clubs. Yeah, he uh, he beat us. He eliminated us in the quarterfinals of the Europa League 
uh, David Stanton's back pass being the big proponent of, or the memorable moment of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, and actually, I'm kind of mad because I was about to tweet about all the trophies that he's won, and then 360 beat me to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really good at what they do, so I'm not surprised. But these are some of his accomplishments. Three-time Portuguese champion, one-time Brazilian champion, one-time Copa Libertadores winner, two-times Portuguese Super Cup winner, six-time Portuguese League Cup winner, one-time Saudi Super Cup winner, yeah. and one-time Recupa Suda America winner. So he's yeah, won some yeah. hardware. <laughs> yeah, and that, that Saudi Super Cup is where the links kind of come to play, is that obviously he managed in Saudi Arabia. Uh, at their top to, club. Yeah, at their top club in, for the, what, the 2017-2018 uh, season. Then he moved over to the Flamingo, where just wild kind of 18, move. 18-19. Well, he moved over to Flamingo, and, uh, like, a lot of people didn't like to hire. I I don't really know why in Brazil they didn't like to hire, but they didn't like to hire for whatever reason. Um, and uh, people – he was very successful early on, and people were like, oh, it's because the team is very good and they spent a lot of money. And then he went out and won the biggest club competition in South America, and people were like, oh, maybe this guy's a good manager. So shout maybe out to him. And, I mean – when you look at the guy, there's not really a really big blemish on his resume. I mean, the reason he left Sporting CP uh, was because of the same reason, like a bunch of guys like William Carvalho and all those other guys were threatened to leave as well, because that was when they're, uh, that was when we actually potted about this. Cause we were talking about like potential links. Um, that's when like the fans just showed up to the training ground and like tried to attack everyone. So everyone pretty much left after that. And then he yeah. went to Saudi Arabia, chased that bag with Flamingo. And I mean, it seems like the right time for him to move back into coaching in Europe. He's literally one of the greatest managers in Portuguese history, recently named a knight in Portugal or like given the title, of, like being a sir or something like Dude is has a great resume as well, so would be a, a good hire. And him alongside our boy Pablo Longoria would be interesting as well, with just a lot of similar kind of thought patterns, working with clubs that have traditionally developed talent, um, as well as spent big with Benfica and Valencia and Sporting as well. All have excellent academies, all have the propensity to spend as well. So I don't know. I like it. Will it happen? Who knows? I mean – all of this is just rumors being thrown out there. And this one, like, it was very clear that the rumor kind of originated with the fact that he's got ties to Saudi Arabia already. Yeah. And uh, he traditionally, most of his career, he ran of a 4-2-3-1. Um, but in Brazil, he moved to a 4-4-2. Interesting. Um, and he dominated, as Elijah mentioned. Um, so it was, I know the 4-2-3-1 isn't necessarily like, doesn't really get people excited, but it works. That's why people use it. However, a four-four-two gets people excited, and he, with that team, used it exceptionally. So, it'll be interesting to see when he pulls together the team in Newcastle, and you have an ASM and Almiron. Four-four-two uh, could be deadly. Um, obviously, yeah. you'd have to figure out the two in the four-four-two. Yeah, the, the two is the <laughs> issue. I mean, yeah. and in the past, it would have been an issue, but now it's like. Yeah, just buy two strikers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I guess uh, before we move on, real quick, other manager-related news. Um, Allegri was apparently uh, looking at the Bayern Munich job and was rejected. So there's ooh. that. So uh, he is still available. 
as yeah. people say. And obviously, Pochettino, there was rumors that his camp expressed interest in the Newcastle role as well. So there's a, there's a lot of names being linked. Um, again, some of this, you have to take the greatest salt. And we talked about this when we had links with Miguel Almiron and we had links with um, everyone in general. When we talk about players, it's the same thing with managers. Sometimes their agents also drum up some of these links just to get their names back out there. I'm sure even whether, whether or not Jorge Jesus is actually a target for the club, People, people talking about Jorge Jesus now in the, and connecting that with the Premier League job or just a job in Europe in general, it's just good for him. Because I think when you go, especially when you go to South America and you accomplish so much, it doesn't get shown on a national light, especially in Europe where we've already shown a lot of people don't pay attention to other leagues outside of their own. So him getting back in the news and being kind of regarded as a, as a top manager in general is good for him. It's good publicity for him. Same with Pochettino, who's looking for a job. Same with Allegri, who will be looking for a job as well. So take that with a grain of salt. Take that into consideration. Yeah. Uh, the last bit of news before we get into a little bit of kind of fun. Uh, the Premier League TV rights. So Saudi, it's been reported by the Daily Mail that Saudis are putting in are going to put in a competitive bid to get Premier League TV rights, which would stop the piracy that BN was worried about. Um, now that also led to some more like I mean, if you just go down the line here, it's like why would BN BN Sports like have a problem with Saudi buying a Premier League team? Well, they have more money than BN Sports. Yeah. And if Saudis offer the money that BN thinks they're going to offer, BN would be out of Premier League lights, rights. It would be completely done. Also, the president of BN is also the owner of PSG. He's getting sued. Yeah. So if we take a step back and rewind to where this all began, obviously we kind of talked about this last week, but BN Sports well, – we, we definitely talked about this last week. BN Sports obviously – express their concern um and this would kind of alleviate all concerns and like you said make bn incredibly nervous and i think it's it's people are calling it karma but it's one of those things where bn definitely was just trying to get ahead of this before all this became public because i'm sure they knew that like there's no way that the premier league would would you know like there's no way they would allow people who've been so involved in piracy to to like be involved with this league without asking them to at least consider paying them as well. So that this news actually just makes it even more clear and obvious that this deal's done because the Premier League is not only getting another club another owner another ownership group that could bring them back into relevancy on an international stage in terms of, you know, being involved in Europe and Champions League, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. But also they're getting paid tons of money for T V rights in Saudi Arabia as well. So be interesting. Yeah. And it's a good investment for Saudi Arabia as well. I mean, it's uh you buy a team in the Premier League and then you basically make your citizens pay to watch that team. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's a foolproof plan. Yep, exactly. Um only the coronavirus can stop that. Um <laughs> so we're gonna take another break and then I'm gonna get into we'll just do some random stuff, I guess, just for okay. a little bit. Um so we're gonna do that right now, and then I have a trivia question for you. Let's do it. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. 
Download the free Toonami app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay. Newcastle trivia. Oh. This is courtesy of NUFC.com. Okay. Miguel Amaron finally broke a scoring duck for the Magpies during December of 2019. Which club did he score his first goal against? December of 2019, Brighton. No. Crystal Palace. Oh, see, yeah, I, got I thought you would have had that. <laughs> okay. You got that correct. It wasn't Man City. No, you were right. Yeah, it was, um, it was not Man City. <laughs> uh, following their return to the top flight in 2017, it took three games for Newcastle to win their first Premier League game. It was a 3 0 win over what current Premier League side? In 2017? Yep. So Rafa's return, uh, Southampton. No, it was West Ham. Damn. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is torture because I'm not good at trivia, and Greg no. is the stats of trivia guy, and <laughs> this is just me throwing darts at a board blindfolded. I got two more for you. Okay. Newcastle have toured the United States on three separate occasions since 2000. Okay. Um, which is the only team that they've faced more than once on those stateside trips? They are an I will give you they are an MLS they're, team. They're an MLS side. I I think I'm trying to remember to back when they played. I'm trying to remember where they went. So, so three times since 2000. So you know it's not Miami FC. Well, duh, it's not or Miami. Inter Miami. I mean, I don't think it's Portland either because Portland's. I think they played Portland once. I want to say they played Portland once when they went mm-hmm. on their recent – right before the championship, they played Portland. They, they played Portland Timbers too. Yeah. Jeez. Um, my, my next hint is they are an Eastern Conference MLS team. Oh, good thing you missed me saying Houston. I know um, I heard you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with Philadelphia Union. No, they've never played the Union. Okay. Oh, all right. I'm going to get another guess. Um, I've just given myself another guess. Chicago Fire? Nope. Damn, that was a good guess, too, because they've been a while. They've been, they're like one of the OGs. Color, um, main color is yellow. Really? It's been the crew. Yeah, it's been the crew. <laughs> Gosh. Will Trapp was going up against the likes of, like, Johan Kabaye. <laughs> That's insane. Um, okay. My last question for you is which player's late equalizer was enough to hand the championship title to Newcastle in May of 2017? Oh my gosh. Uh, this is going to. Mm. My hint is we talked it's about. Dwight Gale. No, no, no. Uh, the, he got the equalizer to make Newcastle win, not a Newcastle player. So we had beaten. Kevin oh, we okay. West Brom or somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last game of the season, and we were waiting around for this team to equalize. And if they equalize, we won the league, and it happened in like the eighty-something minute of our championship season. You were calling, yeah, I know it was yeah. against Brighton. The, the, they played oh, yeah. Brighton yep. at the last. I'm trying to. And what, what what was your hint? My hint was we talked about him in the BS meter last week. It's Jack Grealish. That was literally <laughs> when you said it was another player. I was like, I think it was Villa. And it was Jack Grealish. Yeah. Because I remember Got tweeting it. at the Villa account, like, thank you. And I'm like, there's only one relevant Villa player that I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it. man. <laughs> Jeez. That's, a, that's some trivia for you. 
That is that was um, tough. I'm the, the Columbus Crew. I'm still shocked at that. That's yeah. wild. The only team they played more than once. Oh yeah. Do they you have anything? Set, but, um, not really. But do they need? They need to set up a another U.S. tour and play Atlanta United. Well, they've already, well the old club regime probably already promised me interviews if they come to the U.S. So they better come here. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta re you gotta reconnect with the the comms director. Like yo. Hey, now you guys right, got a ton here's of money. An email from your boy. <laughs> Honestly, I, I do think, Greg, I think one thing that um, I think, I mean, we can kind of touch on this briefly, and I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but I feel like we never talked about it, is that the club's relationship with the fans is obviously not great, and that's one of the things that can be improved with this new regime, and it seems like that's a, a priority for them. But I do think the club's relationship with the media and I don't I'll lump us into that fact, like us being in the media. I think that also could be something that could see like some like that could be like, I don't know, improved upon as well with this regime. And it's all about just like getting out of this kind of cloud of Ashley mentality. Like we we've talked about it with Warren Bart, we've talked about it with like pretty much everyone is like under the Ashley regime, relations with the media and the fans have just been brutal and it's come from the top down and yeah. that can change when you change the people at the top so do you think that that's something that we could see i mean we we talk with um london's blue pod and like their relationship they have with chelsea being an american-based podcast and having so much access to players do you ever see that as something that's possible for us as well yeah i mean you never know i guess when a new owner comes in so to give people context london is blue is a american chelsea fc podcast and they will get player interviews from time to time like pretty often um so for for instance when like caesar aspilaqueta had a like a big milestone match like they got to interview him a couple days before in the match i think it was his hundredth club match maybe okay yeah or something like that and and he they got to ask him about his thoughts leading up to it like a, a big milestone for him and just like getting to interview some academy players and like just really get into the inside of what it's like for current players and yeah that would be a huge opportunity for us um and the fact that chelsea is doing it with an american podcast is huge because like it 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 makes american fans of chelsea feel closer to their club like it's that's the biggest challenge um we have no local connection to go off of when being newcastle fans or if you pick any team so we need ways to feel closer to the club we support and that would be it yeah i would i mean it's certainly a possibility. I don't know what what changes yeah. made. So. I don't know. I just think that, like, I I think that's one of those things that will. I I think it's a, it's going to happen. Is that there's just going to be a better relationship with the media? I think. Yeah. Like in general, there's just not been a good relationship at all with the media, and there's been a lack of transparency from top down, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's one thing that people are going to take for granted. Like, as much as people dot the Chronicle, the Chronicle have one of the toughest jobs out of any local newspaper club or club because, like, they basically work with a club that refuses to work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not forget the Chronicle was banned from, like, Newcastle press conferences early on in the Mike Ashley regime. So it's like you think about things like that and how much, like, people hate the Chronicle and their coverage of the club. It's like that could change with new ownership when you have better access to information, you have a, a better bit of transparency, you have press conferences where the, the sporting director and, the, and the, the chief scout are actually accessible instead of just like you going off of a source unnamed within the club that could get fired for telling you this information. So 
I don't know. I think it's it's just something to float out there, and hopefully it's not going to be something that happens overnight, obviously, but it'll be something that over the course of a couple of years people will look back and say, wow, okay, what the Chronicle's writing here is is a lot better. And those guys have kind of alluded to it when we've had them on. Mark and Lee, when they first started out with the Chronicle, how different things were versus where they are now. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that's all I, I really got. Yeah, the, the the goal for us moving forward, like this podcast, would it be like London is Blue and like we'd be able to do a live show in Newcastle every year. And they work with a travel agent to bring fans from America for a match every year. Um, we we want to do that. like, And that's something that we could do, but the club would never even like consider that an option um, mm. where other clubs are doing that currently. So we want to be able to to provide some avenues to get Americans two games to see the club they love and to like get some pretty cool access. So hopefully we get it. Hopefully first that is the least of our worries because the first thing that needs to happen is we need to get taken over. This deal needs to be done. Mm, so stay tuned. And that's T O O N E D. Oh, stay tuned because you could be getting an emergency podcast this week. Stay tuned. Oh, before we close, Greg, I've got a trivia question for you. And it is a trivia question where the hint was hidden in this podcast. Mm. So three years ago, on this very date, according to my Snapchat memories, I saw one individual in concert. Who was that? It's not Newcastle related at all. Oh, uh, Young Jock. No, it wasn't Young Jock. I've never seen you. I've Future. seen Nas. In, huh? Future. No. Oh, I have no idea. It's Travis Scott. Oh, sicko mode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was that album too. So there you go. Dang. All right. Yeah. Well, I should have had that one. Yeah, I was honestly shocked when you said future. I was like, I don't. Well, I mean, future because like we're talking about like the. Future. I was say, yeah, I was like, I guess that's the link. It. Yeah, <laughs> too deep into it. No, it was literally a person you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, that will conclude episode 127 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell, and that is the best damn post on the land of Elijah Newsome. Hopefully, we have an emergency podcast this week, so we'll see you sooner than usual. We won't, don't hold your breath, though. But until then, away the lights. Love you guys. I'll come To be a Geordie and to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I've walked the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river tine. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names 
like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the gates at games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the darkness in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing hitting her way. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I may as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog, it's in James's park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain.